Amen. All right. Well, um, like Justin said, I'm Jeremy. I'm glad you guys are here this morning. Um, man, him talking about youth, I've been all fired up because we haven't had youth in so long. I, I miss it so much. I do. Um, but I'm, I, I'm sure that we'll be back this Wednesday at 630. Again, that's 6th to 12th grade. If you know anybody that's in those rages that wants to show up and join us, they're welcome to. Um, Justin does help us with that. And so I know he misses it. And I miss it. And I'm just, I'm ready to be back with it. So, um, but I had to say that. That's all. Um, all right. So now we're going to get into the actual message for this morning. And if you were here last week, Justin broke it down a little bit about what we were getting into. We were going to be getting into Acts um, chapter 10. And this is a story of, of Peter. This is going to be the story of, of Peter and uh, an interaction that Peter has with God. And so as I was reading through this, this story, um, a couple of things like jumped out right away at me, and I will, I will get into those a little bit. But I, I wanted to kind of stick with this Acts of the Apostles series that we're in and looking at what the apostles are actually doing, the things that the apostles have done, actions they've taken, things they do throughout this, this, this book of Acts. And so that's where we're going to hang out today. Is we're going to look at some stuff that Peter did in this story and uh, some, some ways that Peter is acting in this story. Because we did talk about Peter a little last week, um, a little bit of Peter's behaviors that he has that, were not, that are not exactly lining up with, with how he's trying to live his life now. So we'll get into that a little bit. Um, we're going to jump into the scripture, though, and I'm not going to we're going to start in verse 9, and so I'm going to tell you guys what's happened before that here in the book of Acts. So what's happened is we meet this guy. His name is Cornelius. Um, Cornelius is a fantastic name, but his name is Cornelius. He's a centurion from Caesarea, and that just means that he is a guy that has an army of 100 people. Right? He's got 100 men in this army, um, and he's the leader, and he is a devoted man of God, a God-fearing man is what it says in there, and um, Cornelius is praying. We find him praying, and, and he gets a, a vision of an angel. An angel comes down and is speaking to him, and basically this angel's like, Cornelius, you're doing great, right? You're, you're, you're giving, you're devoted, you're doing a lot of good things. But if you want to hear what's happening, there, there's something different happening. If you want to hear about what's going on right here, right now, in, in other places, I need you to go find this man named Peter. And Peter's going to come, and he's going to bring a message to you. And Peter... Um, and that's what, that's what happens here with, with Cornelius. And he hears this, and he goes, all right. And so he sends out some guys to go find Peter. And that's kind of where we pick it up as we, we move over to Peter, who's in a, a city named, called Joppa. And it's like a day away from where Cornelius is. And so we're going to pick it up there in verse 9. And we're going to read 9 through 23. I know it's a lot, but hold with me, okay? So this is what it says. It says, on the next day, as they were on their way and approaching the city, Peter went up on the housetop about the sixth hour to pray. But he became hungry and wanted to eat. But while they were making preparations, he fell into a trance. And he saw the sky opened up and an object like a great sheet come down, lowered by four corners to the ground. And on it were all kinds of four-footed animals and crawling creatures of the earth and birds of the sky. A voice came to him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, by no means, Lord... For I have never eaten anything unholy and unclean. Again, a voice came to him a second time. What God has cleansed, no longer consider unholy. This happened three times, and immediately the object was taken up into the sky. Now, while Peter was greatly perplexed in mind as to what the vision which he had seen might mean, behold, the men who had been sent from Cornel by Cornelius had asked directions to Simon's house. They appeared at the gate and calling out, they were asking whether Simon, who was also called Peter, was staying there. While Peter was reflecting on the vision, 
the spirit said to him, behold, three men are here looking for you. But get up, go downstairs, and accompany them without misgivings, for, they have, for I have sent them myself. Peter went down to the men and said, Behold, I am the one you are looking for. What is the reason for which you have come? They said, Cornelius, a centurion, a righteous and God-fearing man, but well spoken of by the entire nation of the Jews, was divinely directed by an angel to send for you to come to his house and hear a message from you. All right, so that's a little bit, a lot. I know, I'm sorry. That was a lot. But what, really what's happening here is Peter's hungry, but Peter's going to pray first. And so he goes up and he's praying. God gives Peter this vision of uh, a bunch of what Peter know as unclean food for Peter to, to kill and eat. And Peter's like, no. He says no three times. This is a theme we see with Peter. We will get into that. Peter says no three times. And then um, it goes away. And then God is like, you know what? These men are coming to see you. Go with them. I've sent them to you. Go with them. Um, they need to hear this message that I've given you. So I'm just going to dive right in, okay? Our first point this morning is that we're all a little bit like Peter. We're all a little like Peter, right? In this story, unless this is the first time that you've heard the good news, unless this is the first time that you've heard about God, you've heard who God is or what God has done, right, then we're all a little bit like Peter. Because after our, our, our initial understanding of our faith, uh, our relationship with God, we kind of have a way of living, right? We have a way of doing things in our lives, in our, in our relationship with God specifically, right? We read our Bible, we wake up, we do our devotions, we do these things that we know to be what we're supposed to be doing, just like Peter, right? Peter knew what he was allowed to eat and what he wasn't allowed to eat. And I think, this is a sidebar, but I think it's really interesting how God speaks to Peter right here because it tells us that Peter was hungry and God speaks to him a really profound message for Peter, but he does it through food. He knows Peter's going to relate to this because Peter's hungry, and he's like, you know what, Peter? Like, this is how I know I can relate to you right now, so this is how I'm going to talk to you. Just a really cool thing to see that our God, the God that we serve, knows us on that level, right? Just remember, he knows us on that level that he knows exactly how we're going to relate to him in those moments. So I just think it's a really cool thing to see that happening. But in this prayer, when God shows Peter the new thing that he can do, the, the food that he can now eat, Peter shows us the same thing that he's shown us time and time again. Peter's a little bit stubborn, right? <laughs> Peter is a little bit of a stubborn fella. He, he, uh, he, he's stuck in his old ways a little bit. He's like, no, God, I don't eat that stuff. I, I still don't eat that stuff. Um, even though you're saying I can, I, I don't do it. And this is not the only time that we see Peter be stubborn, right? Peter's been stubborn before. In, in John 13, 1, you can, you can go read it, but it's the story of Jesus washing the disciples' feet, and he gets to Peter, and Peter's like, no, 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 that's not right. We're not doing this, right? That's what Peter does. He's, he's stubborn. He's, the new ways are, are different. And then uh, uh, we see Peter, who um, has the opportunity uh, that none of us have really gotten because we, didn't, we weren't with Jesus at the time, but he has an opportunity to say, yes, I am a part of this thing that Jesus is doing, and Peter denies Jesus three times, right? That's a, that's a pretty well-known story in Luke chapter 22. He's a little bit stubborn because the new thing is all of a sudden not a great thing, and Peter's like, no, no, I'm not a part of that, right? So he's a little bit stubborn. He has a habit of being a little bit stubborn, and, and, and I wanted to bring this kind of a surface level of what Peter's hearing right here, because 
I think it's, it's sometimes easy for us to overlook what Peter really hears right here because we look at the, the message that God is ultimately trying to give Peter. But think about it like this. Peter is being told that something that he has known, he has known, I have it bolded right here, he has known for 20 years, 25 years, how old is Peter, right? He, he's known this for how many years in his life, his entire life. This has been the way. This is what I do. I don't eat this food. I can eat this stuff, but I can't eat this stuff. This is the way that I know. And all of a sudden, you're going to tell me that that's, that's not the way anymore? What do you mean that's not the way? It, that's what I know. This is what I know. This is, this is it right here. That can't be. No, that's wrong. That new thing is wrong. That new way is wrong. And so as I got to looking at that, like a, a lifestyle change, I started thinking about trying to think about things that, that, changed, that have changed the world that I know we as people have pushed back on a little. And I'm going to show some age because I'm too young to remember any of this stuff. So I had to call my parents, okay? <laughs> I'm only 26, but I had to call my parents to talk about this because I, I wasn't around. And point of fact, my parents weren't around for this first thing either. They did not, they weren't alive when the Russians launched a satellite, okay? I don't know how many of you guys were alive when Russians launched a satellite or remember what that was like shortly thereafter, but that was a big deal, right? All of a sudden, we were, as people, we were like, whoa, what do you mean we can go up there? That stuff that was known, we, we, didn't, we didn't think we could go up there. We knew we couldn't go up there. We couldn't go into space. What are you talking about? And then all of a sudden, we're in space, and from what my parents have explained to me, it was a little bit of pandemonium, uh, here in America, where we were like tinfoil hats and things because the Russians were spying on us, right? But it was kind of crazy. It was an unknown thing that we were not ready for. And we were like, no, 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 no. Space is not for us. It's just the Russians being crazy, right? That's not, that's what, and then look at us now. Look at what happened from that, from that time when it was a crazy new thing. Look where we've come. We've come to a point where this man named Elon Musk has decided to launch thousands of these things into space so that we can have internet around the world, right? Look at how far that is. That same man is talking about potentially sending people up there into space just because he can, just for fun, right? Like, just to go take a space voyage and then come back. Look at how far we've come from that crazy thing that was new and couldn't have been real to where we are now. Look at another thing. I'm talking about, still wasn't alive for this, but cell phones. When cell phones came, <laughs> came around, okay? When they were a big thing, my mom and dad were around for that, so they actually had knowledge to give. They were around. They remember what it was like when cell phones became a thing. Do you guys remember when the first time that you were allowed, you could make a phone call and you weren't attached to a wall? Right? <laughs> like, I, I don't know if you guys all had, I don't know when cordless phones came out. We had a corded one when I was a kid, but like, do you remember making, being able to do that? And like, oh, you're telling me that I don't have to be in a single place? That's crazy. That's a wild new thing that we're getting into. And no, I, I, my mom said, she's a nurse, and she, she, she told me about the, the fears of having radios that close to your head, right? What was that going to cause? What was that going to do to your brain, to your body? No, it can't be. We can't have those, right? That's, that's dangerous. And now look where we are. How many of you guys carry around one of these cool computers in your pocket, right? It is a, it, that's a whole computer that we just carry around with us. The crazy thing 
that started as just wild and insane is now something real and something amazing that we use all the time. <sighs> something else new. Justin, Justin touched on it, right? When we started talking about the cure right here in this church, we started talking about this message of grace. And not just like grace sometimes, but an abundant grace that we didn't do anything to earn and that we can't actually get more of. We've got all of it. It's all there. When we started talking about that grace, it was crazy. It was new. It was a, it was a different idea that we really hadn't gotten into. And if you guys were here the first morning that Justin talked about it, the first Sunday morning, I remember it. But Justin told us that it was gonna be, it was gonna be different. He said, from this point, things are gonna be different now. We're about to hear a message that he, is, he was gonna ruffle some feathers and people were gonna, gonna push back. And let me tell you, I know that we've had some pushback. And I remember that first morning that Justin got it interrupted in the middle of that message. And no, if you know JD, it wasn't JD swatting a fly, okay? <laughs> it was an interruption in the middle of a message. And, and it was someone saying, no, that's not how things are taught. That's not how it's been taught. And now hindsight, when, 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 that, was, when that was spoken, it was like an understanding of, I understand that that's not how things are usually taught. I, I agree with this. But that's not how things have been taught before. It was new, right? It was different. And, and, and there, was some, there was some pushback. Now, how many of you guys have, have struggled a little bit with this idea of grace that is so abundant that you can't get any more? This idea of grace that you can't uh, lose. You're not, you're not going to lose it because you messed up. It's still there. You know, in my head, I have this image, and it's from the cure, I'm pretty sure, and it's this image of instead of Jesus standing on the other side of our garbage looking at us, we have, we, we have Jesus walking next to us through it because it's been forgiven, and now he's walking with us. How many of you guys struggle with that? I know that one of the struggles that Justin brought up, has brought up in the past, has been people thinking, well, if, if, that, if we really have that much forgiveness, if you're telling me that all of my sins have been forgiven, past and future sins, then you're basically saying that now I can just do whatever I want. I can sin as much as I want, and God's never going to not forgive me. I have a license to sin. That's a phrase that's been thrown out a little bit. Well, not really, because you become a new creation. You become a new person. You no longer have those desires, but that's, that's still a fear, right? That's still a fear like, no, okay, I get it a lot of grace. That's cool, but I still got to read my Bible, right? I still got to pray to God all the time so that I can be closer to him. I got to read more so I can be closer to God. I got to give more to the church to be closer. I got to do this and I got to do that because that's what I've known. That is what I've known my whole life. That's how I've known things to work. And I uh, I made a, a cool distinction this week um, that I shared with Justin. Um, the difference for us as humans, our, our, our need to feel closer and our, and our desire to be closer. See, it, it, when we understand this grace, this grace that we've been teaching, abundant grace, 
we, have, we still have this, this need to feel closer. And it kind of popped into my head because I was talking to my family. We Zoom or we uh, do a video call every week because they live in Michigan. And I realized that I can't physically be any closer to my parents. My family, my whole family lives up there, except for my sister who lives in D.C. But I'm here, right, and they're away from me. I can't physically be any closer. But we call each other every week because we want to feel closer. When we pray, when we read the Bible, it's not going to make us be any closer to God, but we feel closer to God, right? That's a different thing. That is a different think, way of thinking for us because that's not how it used to be. <laughs> that's not what we used to know to be the truth is that we had to do these things. We've got to do these things. We've got to pray more and read more and give more and serve more. That's, that's not how it is. And so I think that we can really relate to Peter when Peter reacts to God in this, in this vision, in this, this vision he has, and Peter's stubborn, and he's like, no, God, no, no, that's not how it is. I think we can relate to that, because when we hear new things, specifically the message we hear here, or when we get a, a word from God or a dream from God, and it's, it's something new, it's easy for us to say, no, 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 that can't be right. That, that can't be how things are because that's not what I know. It's not what I've understood for so long. So this morning, I'm gonna tell you guys that it is okay that we are a little bit like Peter. It is okay that we are a little bit stubborn in these things. That we are a little bit stuck in our old ways. Justin touched on this last week. We don't change like that. We don't always change like that, right? We probably, most of us probably know somebody who, who has made that change, who's, who's, who's found Jesus and accepted Jesus and they've changed, but we don't all change like that. And it doesn't happen for all of our habits, for all of our, our old ways, whether that be a sin pattern that we were in before or whether that be a religious pattern that we were in before, where we were earning our keep where we were trying to earn our salvation more than we've already been given. So it's okay <laughs> that it takes us some time and doesn't happen right away. See, we touched it, I touched it a little bit before. When we are new, when we, when we accept Jesus into our lives, when we understand that Jesus is the Lord and he is the only way to earn salvation, we become a new creation, right? We've learned that we become new inside. We're made new. But that doesn't always mean that our actions are made new or our actions change right now with that. Something that I've, I've come to understand and, and the wording, the phrase that I, 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 I understand and it makes sense to me is that we are going to spend our lives, after we become a new creation, we are going to spend our lives maturing into that new creation. We're going to spend our lives maturing into that. And, and Justin used a different phrase with me this week while we were talking about this. And he said um, that once we've been made new, we're going to spend our lives aligning our outward actions with the new creation inside of us. 
So things that don't change right now, we're going to spend our lives aligning, making those things different, making those changes in our lives. And I think it's important that we make sure that we don't just think, oh, you know what, I messed up. I've been, I, I was saved, and then, I, and then I made a mistake. I screwed up, and so I must not have really been saved. That must not have really been real because uh, I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect right now, right? I, I, I try and I try, and I'm just not perfect. And so maybe I wasn't really saved. Well, I think it's important for us to remember that there's only been one perfect person to ever walk, all right? And that was Jesus. He walked perfectly, and we can't. The reason he died for us is because we can't do it. And so we can't walk perfectly. And look at, look at Peter. Peter. Peter wasn't perfect. Peter spent quite a bit of time, actually, <laughs> still unpacking all of this stuff that he had just heard. And ultimately what Peter just heard was that the unclean people, the people that he knew to be unholy, because that's what he, he knew through Jesus, through the death and resurrection of Jesus, could no longer, would no longer be considered unholy through God. Right? So look, look, at, look, at, what, look at what happens in, in Acts, uh, in Acts 10.34. Right? Peter has now made his way to, the, uh, to Caesarea, and he's, he's, getting, he's giving this message to the people. And look, look what happens here. Look what Peter does. Okay? It says, the opening, opening his mouth, Peter said, I most certainly understand now that God is not one to show partiality, but in every nation, the one who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. The word which he has sent to the sons of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. Look what Peter says right there. It's not on that screen. But look what Peter says right there, okay? He says, he says um, the one who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. Peter knows the good news, right? God just told Peter the good news. He, he knows that if you've been cleaned, then you're clean. If you, if you believe in Jesus, then you're clean. And yet Peter starts this message with his old, his old way of thinking. He's stuck in that old way. If you do what right, if you do what is right, then you're good. You've got to do what is right, and then you're good. Peter's still unpacking this whole thing. He's still trying to figure this whole thing out, and it doesn't stop there. It's not just like Peter tries to figure it out, and then through this message, he just gets it, okay? We're going to jump to Galatians. Um, it's, it's Galatians 2, 11 through 13, and it says, but when Cephas... Yeah, maybe. All right. When <laughs> came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For prior to, to the coming of some men from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they came, he began to withdraw and separate himself, fearing those from the circumcision. The rest of the Jews joined him in hypocrisy, with the result that even Barnabas was carried away by their hypocrisy. This is an encounter between Paul and Peter. This is Paul telling us that he called Peter out for some stuff that he was doing in his life. This comes after Peter gives this message in Caesarea, okay? This comes after what Justin talked about last week where Peter rebukes a man named Simon, it's a whole nother Simon, 
for being a hypocrite, for living in hypocrisy. And here Peter is living the same way. Because Peter is still working through this. He is still working through all this stuff. He lived with Jesus. He walked with Jesus. He was there for the preaching, for the miracles. He got to see those things. And then God speaks to him, and not once, not twice, but three times, tells Peter what's going on. And still we see Peter falling back into his old ways. So I think it's okay. I think it's okay that sometimes we fall back into those old ways. I'm not saying live there. I'm not saying it's okay to just live in the old ways. Because I promise, living in grace, living in this grace that I understand that we are, are, are diving into is freeing. It's amazing. And this is where we're meant to live. This relationship with God is what we're meant to have. But I think if, if, if it took Peter some time to get, to get through it, to unpack all of what he was trying to get, this new idea, I think it's okay. I think it's okay that it takes, takes us some time. See, what I don't want us to miss, though, is what Peter does ultimately in this message. Okay? Because he does start his message a little rocky, right? He starts his message a little bit in his old ways still. And then from that point, he kind of goes on to explain to these people that they, know, they knew who Jesus was. He tells them, you, you know who Jesus was. You know what Jesus did. You, you know of, of his teachings and his miracles and all of that. And then he fills them in. He, he changes his tone a little bit and fills them in. And he says, <laughs> and then they killed him. And they killed Jesus. After all this stuff he was doing, they killed Jesus. And then he was raised from the dead. And he came back and visited. <laughs> and he makes a point to say, he didn't visit everybody. So if you missed him, you didn't visit everybody. He just, he just visited some of us. And then we're going to pick it up in verse, in verse 42. It says, and he ordered us to preach to the people and to testify solemnly that this is the one who has been appointed by God as judge of the living and the dead. And the prophets testify testify of him, that through his name, everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins. By the end of this message, Peter has, he's made a little bit of a change, right? His tone has changed a little bit from, if you do what's right, then you can be forgiven. You're all good. To, if you believe in Jesus, through Jesus, we're all good, right? He has, his tone has changed. And this is the thing that Peter didn't quite understand, right? He was still unpacking this idea. And so as much as we can be like Peter, and as much as that, 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 that's okay for us to live there sometimes, I think it's important that we follow in Peter's footsteps. And that might not make sense because, like, well, we just talked about how Peter was not doing great, but... Following in Peter's footsteps, because the last thing Peter does in this message is he gives the people the good news. He gives the people the message that God gave him, that, the God, that God gave him in this vision. He shares what he knew was supposed to be shared, even though he didn't quite, he wasn't quite all the way there with it. He was still trying to figure it out himself. See, I think it's really cool 
that God knew, obviously, God knew what these people needed to hear, right? He told, he told Cornelius to go find Peter, and Peter was going to share this message that these people needed to hear. And I think it's really cool <laughs> that God knew that Peter needed to hear this message. Peter needed to hear this message, and I think Peter needed to be the one to give this message. And God knew that that's what Peter needed. See, I think we, I think we get, we get stuff from God sometimes. We talk about it here at church often, right? We share words from God here. I say often, semi-often, I guess. And I think sometimes God gives us words that aren't really for us. They're for us, right? We, we might need to hear it, but there's probably someone else that needs to hear it as well. And, and, and you probably know who that person is, and you're probably like, no, 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 not going to do that. Not there yet. But God gives us those words and visions and dreams sometimes that are for other people. And I know, I know that God gives us stuff that is for us. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong in that. I know that sometimes when we are praying to God and we need to hear something, God shares it with us. But I would be willing to bet that there's probably someone else that you know that could use that same word, that might need that same word from God. And I think it's important that even if we are not fully done unpacking what God is talking to us, what God is sharing with us in our lives, I think it's important that if we think we're supposed to share with someone else, that we do, right? Because God is trying to use you to get to somebody else. He's trying to speak through you to somebody else for healing or, or for, for encouragement or whatever it may be in their lives, now, I want to clarify that when we share these words from God, we share these visions from God, it's important that we don't walk up to someone and say, you know what, God told me, Daniel, that you're doing this thing, and you need to do that thing, right? It's not, it's not how it works. Daniel, that, God didn't tell me anything about Daniel, but it, that, that, that's important. That's not how we're sharing those, right? We don't share those in a, in a voice of condemnation, that I know that God has told me you need this thing, but it's more of a... You know, God is speaking to me, and I feel that you need to hear this. I feel that this might be helpful for you. It's also not in a boastful way, like, whoo-hoo, look at me. God has given me a word today. I'm going to share it with you, right? It's not a boastful thing where, we're, where we're, we're better because God has spoken to us or is speaking through us. We're supposed to share these things out of love and out of, out of grace, right? Because I, I truly believe that that's how God is speaking to us. God is speaking to us in the love and in the grace that he's given us, right? That we, that we have through him. So I believe that that's how we're supposed to share these things. And so I understand that this morning there are probably people in here that are like, that's awesome. I love it, but I don't have a vision from God right now. I don't have a dream from God. God has not given me a dream or a vision or or a word to share? So do I have to wait? Am I just supposed to wait here quietly because that's all right with me? I'd rather not share that because it's easier to not have one. But that's not, that's not it. 
<laughs> That's not where we're at. Sorry. Okay? Because I think that what we're, what we're learning here Sunday mornings, I think that this message of grace, I truly believe that this message of grace is a word from God that was given to Justin and has been spread to this church. I believe that God was speaking through Justin that message of grace that we are now hearing. And maybe you're still unpacking this message of grace. Maybe you're still stuck, we're still stuck a little bit in our old ways, our old habits. But I don't think that's a reason to not share this message with the people around you. Because like I said, this message of grace that Justin has shared with us, I know because Justin has shared with me that this has been freeing in his life. This is something that has been freeing in his, this is a new energy in his life that he's not had. And I know this is something that's been amazing in my life to understand how much God loves me and the grace that God has given for me. Yeah, he's right. You guys can come up here. <laughs> right? So I, I believe that. And I know that if you guys have felt this grace, if you understand this grace that God has given us, if you understand and believe this message that through Jesus, if you believe in Jesus, you're a new creation and there's nothing you can do to, to run away from that. No mistakes that you make are gonna take that away. Nothing you can do is gonna earn you more forgiveness or more relationship with God. If you believe that, and you have this new energy, this new life in you, and you can go share it with people too. And you can share that with other people that we have in this community that could, that could really benefit from it. <laughs> that could really, that would, that would really enjoy hearing the truth that we understand. And I say enjoy and benefit from those things, but I mean like people need to hear it. People need to hear that you don't have to work harder in order to have a relationship with God. That it's not something that we can do to have a relationship. It's something that's been done. Right? It's not, we can't do it because it was already done. We all have that message to share. We all have that, that word from God to share. And yeah, you're right. Maybe it wasn't given directly to you but it was given to Justin and he just shared it with us and we can go share it with the world, right? As a church, that's what we're doing here. Whether you're struggling with it and you're, and you're still trying to, to, to get through what that means in your life, I promise you that the people around you need to hear it. Just like you needed to hear it when you heard it. The people around you need to hear it. I've seen... I've seen it work. <laughs> I've seen this grace thing happen in my own life. We read The Cure as a family, my family, over Zoom. We read the book, The Cure, um, because Justin shared it with me, and I loved it, and we have been really diving into it. So I shared it with my family. I was like, hey, this might be a cool thing for us to read. And so we did. And let me tell you, I didn't come from a family that went to church growing up. I didn't. That wasn't a thing we did. We didn't extend a whole lot of grace to each other. We're all very stubborn people. And so we argued a lot. We had a lot of issues inside the house because there was not a whole lot of grace. And I can tell you that in the last six months since we've read this book, I have seen my parents 
show, our, show my siblings and myself grace that we've never seen before. I've seen my siblings show it to each other in a way that we've never seen before, the way I've never seen before. I feel myself giving grace to them in a way that I've, I've never understood. It is life-changing. And all it took was me talking to them, having these conversations with them. I know that we all have people in our lives that we can change, lives that we can change right now through this message of grace. All right, you guys can stand up. We're gonna go back into worship. And I wanna, I wanna say, if, if God has spoken to anybody in this, in through this message, if you've been hearing anything from God, if, if it wasn't today, if it was two weeks ago, if it's happened, if you've been hearing from God in, in some way, and you feel it's time to share that, I wanna encourage you guys to share that. Share it with each other, share it with somebody. I'm gonna go back to the back, and if you would like to pray about anything, whether it be something from God that you're hearing, or whether it be a need that you have in your life, let's pray together. Let's pray through it, okay? Because that's what we're here for, right? We're here to pray with each other, build a relationship together, all right? Let's go back into worship. So folks, what it boils down to is this gospel. What do you believe about Jesus? What do you believe about who Jesus was? What do you believe about what Jesus actually accomplished? That's what it boils down to, right? Do you believe that Jesus was the son of God, that he died for our sins, that he was raised for our life? And if you believe that, what did that accomplish in you, right? What has that accomplished in you? Um, it's accomplished, if you're in Christ, it's accomplished your righteousness. That's what it boils down to. And it's not theoretical righteousness. It's not righteousness that says, um, I'm kind of righteous if, as long as I keep doing the things that I need to keep doing. It's righteousness that says it's been done and it's been accomplished. It's through Christ. It was totally up to him to begin with. I mean, it's continuing to be totally up to him from here on out. Okay? It's righteousness in Christ for you. Your real righteousness right now. Okay? That is your identity. Your identity is not the old you. Your identity is not the flesh. Your identity is Christ. Jesus Christ in you, you in Christ, him in you. I don't know how to say it. Jesus said it like that, right? He said, you in Christ, Christ in you, and me in us, and we're in the Father, and it's all, I can't explain it. It's a mystery, okay? It is a mystery of Christ in us and us in, in Christ, how it all works. Um, and it's because of him, and it's because of his sacrifice, and it's because of his resurrection. It's never been because of us. We accept it, and we say, Jesus, I can't do anything. I need you. I welcome you. I accept you and your gift to me. And then, like Jeremy said, the rest of our life is a reminder of who I am. The rest of my life is lining up with who he says I actually am right now. This study that we're going to be doing, this is the, the, the life. This is not new truth, people. This is the truth from the very beginning, okay? This is what God wanted from us in, in relationship with humanity from the very beginning. This is not new truth. This is not new. Might be a new understanding for us, but it's not new truth. This is the gospel. In this study that we're going to be doing, the Life Series, 
just expounds on that whole thing more and more and more and what it actually means for us. So I'm really excited. Join us if you can for it. But in the process, let me just pray for us before we head out of here. Holy Father, Holy Spirit, um, we just thank you for the message today. We thank you for the reminder that we're all a little bit like Peter. We're all a little bit stuck in our ways, and we're all a little bit stuck to the old ways. We have those patterns, those, those, uh, those fleshly behaviors and patterns, God, that keep coming up, but that doesn't change who we are in you. And God, I pray for this church, people in this room, the people that are meeting with us virtually, I pray that uh, we would know that as truth and we would experience that as the truth in our life and that we would experience the freedom that we have because of that. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for this incredible gift that is like a hurricane that we can't explain. It's all consuming for our entire lives and we just fall into you. We just rest in you. We just recognize that we are okay in you because of what you've done. And so we thank you for that. And I pray that that truth is what people know from this place. Lord Jesus, we love you. We pray this in your name. Amen. God bless you. Go in peace. I love y'all.